In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. All right, everyone. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Eat, Sleep, Fantasy football podcast. My name's Christian Brito. You can find me on Twitter at CBritoFantasy. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Dale DeMott. What's up, Dan? <laughs> Don't call me Dan. <laughs> um, you guys will find out uh, where that came from in just a second uh, when you hear the interview with John Toth coming up. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, my name is Dale DeMott. Uh, you can find me at Dale Jeez, uh, I don't remember my Twitter handle. Dale underscore fantasy. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, more importantly, you could follow our uh, entire podcast at Eat Sleep FF on Twitter. Uh, find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, we are, yeah. Um, any anything right. else? Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> other, and we're coming soon to other places, which we'll announce first to our loyal listeners and subscribers um, and you'll get some updates on that throughout the off season um, if this is the first time you're listening to us it's probably also your last uh, don't say that no you just scared um, everybody off uh, no but truth be told I want to take 10 seconds here and tell any of our new listeners who we are this is our second season here at the eat sleep fantasy football podcast we try to present fantasy football with a different approach and just bring enjoyment to your ears. Some of the time we fail at it, but uh, the drops, the gardening, the brackets that we never finish, those things really bring it home. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we uh, we do tons of player interviews, uh, you know, rankings on our website, eatsleepfantasy.com. Um, we're really active on Twitter and Facebook, so uh, don't forget to hit us up there. And... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to hear this interview again with John Toth, uh, center for the University of Kentucky. Uh, really cool guy. Um, mm-hmm. And he ca- and he calls me uh, Dan, which is great. Not not okay. a knock on him. He just uh, Why are you so fixated on that, man? Get over it. It happens. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I mean, at least he knew Let's your name. Just move on. Of course he knew my name. It's the only name that matters on the podcast. I guess so. Uh, that's okay, though. Um so how do we it was uh it was incredibly fun talking to John. Um we want to just go ahead, let's not spend too much time, you know, plugging all of our crap that nobody cares about. Let's just jump in and let our listeners hear the awesome interview that we had with John. All right. All right, joining us on the podcast now is a UK Wildcat. Uh he played center all 4 years, uh starting center all 4 years at a uh, University of Kentucky. Uh on the phone with us is John Toth. John, how's it going? Hola, John. Going, going well. Not much going on here in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, Christian just said hola. I'm guessing because he read that uh, we kind of shared the same information. Uh, we read that you're a fluent uh, Spanish speaker. I am. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't been practicing often, but uh, in Kentucky, I, <laughs> yeah, I uh, started taking Spanish. I went to an immersion an immersion program school uh, in middle school. Uh, so it's, awesome. it's been a part of my life pretty much my whole life. So, uh, cool. been learning it ever since I was a little kid. Nice. Uh, I want to start off, uh, the, probably the most interesting story of any person that we interviewed so far. 
uh, just starting off with uh, an Edger and James story. Um, I grew up, you know, watching Edger and James with the Colts. Um, of course, awesome running back. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it's awesome <laughs> enough that you lived near him. Uh, that would have been pretty cool. But you have a story that on your birthday you went over to his house. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if it was my birthday. It might have been my older brother's. Uh, he's he's a year and a half older than me, but. Um, you know, we knew that he lived, we lived in a cul-de-sac, so he lived, like, right across the cul-de-sac from us on the other side, and um, uh, we thought it'd be a cool idea. We're having a birthday party at our house, so uh, we thought it'd be a cool idea to, as a party, uh, as a party favor to go over to Edron's house and have him sign some balls, so uh, we went over there and knocked on his door, and he was nice enough to, to sign some footballs for us, and, you know, it made for a pretty sweet, uh, Party yeah. gift. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, did you have you did you talk to him before that, or is that like a first introduction? Like, hey, my name's John. I live next um, door. We had a we had a best friend uh, who lived right next to us, and we went over to his house a couple times. And uh, I'm not sure if that was the first time. I don't think it was, but um, we 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 went over there a couple times. One time, he actually like let us into his backyard and like to play with his uh, pit bulls and stuff, his little baby pits, but. Uh, it was he. He was a nice guy. That's uh, awesome. Pretty um, <clears throat> reserved, but but a nice guy. Yeah. Did he ever impart any wisdom as far as the NFL and you know what what to expect? Even at a, I'm sure it was a young age, anyways. But did you ever get a feeling of how the NFL really worked <laughs> when uh when you were talking to him? Uh, no. I was pretty. I was pretty young. Yeah. At that point, and yeah. hadn't hadn't really uh, started playing football, so I was sure. pretty. You know, I knew I knew who he was, and I knew the Colts and stuff, but. Right. I uh, wasn't okay. into football at that point. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I guess let's step in, I guess, uh, fast forward a few years later. Uh, the process and uh, preparation of, you know, the combine and the senior bowl. I know you had an awesome senior bowl. Um, can you kind of take us through that a little bit? And, you know, these are, pre- you know, you have four years, you know, being, you know, an awesome center. Um, and then, you know, you go up to these couple things where you feel like, or at least I would probably feel like, you know, all these guys are judging me from this either one game in the senior bowl or, you know, this one forty time at the combine. Um, how do you process that and how do you prep for, for something that big? Or did you, did you think it was as big as it is? Um, to be honest, I didn't really, um, just in terms of like the combine, I, I mean, I know I'm not, a, a freak athlete compared to some of the guys, you know, out there that are from the linemen that are running sub five forties, but, at the end of the day, I don't think that those drills, although they're important to, to compete in, which which I went out there and tried to do, uh, try to compete my hardest and just give it my all. And, you know, I put my all into training for, for those events and, right. and getting ready in the off season for that. But um, at the end of the day, I don't think those are great indications of whether you can play the actual game of football and be successful on the field. Um, so I think they're limited in that aspect. But, again, it's important to – to try hard, you know, at the combine and, and to, to, uh, compete. Um, so in that sense, you know, I didn't put too much pressure on myself. You know, I went out there and tried hard and, sure. and, you know, that, that's the same thing with the senior bowl. Um, you know, I thought that was a little more relevant just cause you're, you're getting the, the talented players from all across, all across the country. And it's a time to, you know, put your your best foot forward and and kind of show coaches how you can handle a a simulated, I guess, install week of right. 
of learning from them and, you know, how you can adapt to learning a new system and, yeah. and competing with, with some of the best talent that's out there in the country. So, you know, in terms of preparation, I just tried to, you know, get better, you know, when I was training in just in terms of Lyman stuff and as well as in the weight room for, right. for those opportunities. Right. I mean, you know, going back really quick to the combine and stuff and, you know, as a fan, um, obviously I'm not a player. I never was, but as a fan, you know, I even look at, I even look at the combine. Understatement of the year. (laughs) Um, you know, I, kind of look at the combine too, as you know, Hey, you know, you have a huge resume, you know, several dozens of games, you know, of tape, um, you know, the combine doesn't seem that important. Did you ever, did you get the sense from like any executives or any teams or anything that, that, was kind of the case that other people felt that way too, as far as, you know, NFL. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I think that most coaches and personnel kind of use it as a a confirmation of, of, you know, because up to that point, I mean, they have a pretty good scouting report on every guy that, you know, has been in a major program and, and played some time. So they have an idea of what the guys like. So that's more just a confirmation of, I think their evaluation up to that point. So, you know, for guys that have a lot of tape and, you know, play in the SEC or the Big Ten or a Power Five conference, you know, if they're playing good competition every week, I think it's not as drastic for them to get, like, amazing times. But, you know, it's still important to to try hard and compete and, and you know, put your best foot forward. Sure. But sure. there definitely is that pressure for that for that smaller – for that smaller school kid to come out and wow everyone and definitely and put up great numbers. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, speaking of the NFL, do you, I guess, first of all, I want to ask do you watch the NFL and are you like, are you looking at their O lines kind of, you know, studying and seeing what you should be doing and things like that? I don't really, you know, I mean, the NFL kind of coincides directly with the college. Yeah. Uh, schedule so I mean in terms of watching actual games I don't do much of that but I do watch film of uh, some guys that I like to to study um, which would be I mean I watch Ryan Khalil from the the Panthers I watch Marquise Bounty from the from the Steelers and then um, also Corey Lindsley from the Packers so um, it's great because I can go in and and kind of watch the film on my own um, in the film room of of those guys. Um, but in terms of watching like an actual game live, I don't do a ton of that. I do it sometimes, but sure, you know, yeah. it's like a yeah, an yeah. every week kind of thing, maybe. Right. Is there any uh, when you're watching? I guess some of these tapes, um, and you're clearly there, there's players that you're trying to emulate or you're trying to maybe you know. What are you looking for? Is there maybe like a move or two that you're trying to to learn and improve? What what exactly are you say you're looking at? Like you said, Marquise Pouncey. What are, what exactly are you looking for to try to improve your game? Uh, I try to look at what they do well. Um, so Ryan Khalil, for example, he he was the first person I learned from uh, that used his offhand to done like a defender that was close to kind of give him more space uh, as he snapped the ball. So I implemented that into my game. It was actually first mentioned to me by one of our GAs, Mark Bellini, uh, at the time. And then I went to to Ryan Khalil's tape and, and saw him do it. And I was like, well, that's a pretty, it's a pretty sweet move. So just in terms of that, just little stuff like that that I see that that you can see guys do 
that, I mean, you can implement into your game and, you know, keep, keep the defenders guessing and, and, you know, ultimately make yourself more successful and your team more successful. John, speaking, speaking of being, making your team more successful. So what we do, we're, we play fantasy football and we're constantly trying to evaluate what makes a good off offensive line, whether it be for the running back or for the quarterback. And it's difficult sometimes because there's a lot of interchangeable pieces. There might be, you know, some great tackles and the, the guard play is not there. What makes a good O-line in your opinion? And how do you grade uh, how a unit can coalesce together and work together in, in run blocking and pass blocking? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not much of a coach, uh, but I think that maybe three important things would be just communication up front is important and that stems from having good a good working relationship with the guy you're you're next to so communication and just chemistry and then tenacity would be um would be the third just having an attitude when when you're out there uh because at the end of the day it's it's you maybe your buddy next to you that are going to be colliding with another human being right uh so, I mean, the group cohesion is definitely a, a big part in, in being able to, to move people out of the way. Absolutely. Uh, John, so we see a lot of linemen, um, offensive linemen, that they actually, when they retire or they leave the game, they lose weight as opposed to other positions, right? The guys gain weight when they retire. So I got to ask, man, like, what does a typical diet regimen look like uh, for you to continue being a six foot five, three hundred pounder, like what does that entail every day? Um, a lot of eating. <laughs> a lot <laughs> well, of eating. I, I can do that. A lot of eating and a lot and a lot of calories. So I right now I eat about fifty five hundred calories a day. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, just I mean the volume of food is just more than than you'd think. Um, what. You what's know, the most? What's like the five, most in a day that you've ever? Day. All right, so like you, you're there and you're with your teammates, you're with your fellow offensive linemen, yourself or someone else on that O line. What's the most that you've ever seen them throw down in like one meal um, or in one day, one sitting? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've eaten the whole pizza myself. Jesus, okay. In that's, one sitting. Wait, Christian, Christian, don't say Jesus like, like you've like never 10, done that. No, minutes. dude, I, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> what, almost, like, eight, I can't do the math in my head, nine inches shorter than you and <laughs> way more than you. So, <laughs> so I know how to throw down a no, pizza. but, yeah, I, I mean, off the top of my head, it's kind of hard to, to think of a specific instance where, where guys just blow me away eating. Um, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily that a guy can just slam food in one sitting. It's just like linemen are like, they'll eat anything in their sight right. kind of thing. That's awesome. They're um, usually always hungry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess uh, we'll wrap it up with one question. Uh, I guess I, I, I'll try not to make it too easy for you. Um, playing in the SEC, we're we're both Gator alums here. Um, back in the day, uh, mm -hmm. what besides you know besides UK besides playing in your home stadium, what stadium was probably the toughest for you to play in? 
as far as crowd noise or weather? Um, not to not to just appease you guys, but honestly, it'd probably be the Gators, just because I think just the way the stadium was designed, it's like you, it's vertical, so everything is is kind of on top of you. Yeah, just the noise. I think from like three years ago when we were playing there was like you couldn't. The tackles were saying they couldn't hear me. The guards were saying they could barely hear me. That's crazy. And just the, the I mean, the level of noise there, it's like, it's hard to communicate. And that's, I mean, definitely um, can affect, so, you know, the success of a play if you can't communicate with, with your other offensive linemen. So, so do, do I would you, say Florida was probably the toughest to play. Do you prep? Tennessee's pretty loud too, though. Yeah, yeah. Do you prep for games like that? I mean, do you do you guys come up with you know I'm I'm guessing you know hand signals and kind of sign language type stuff to help you you know maybe not every play but you kind of practice that kind of yeah. communication right? Yeah, yeah, you practice that and then you usually practice. I mean, if you know it's going to be loud, you'll practice with a with a loudspeaker out of practice when you're sure. doing team stuff just for the you know cranked all the way up just to simulate a the loud the loud playing environment. So I mean, you you prepare for it, but um, you know, it's never quite as bad as it is when you're actually there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Christian, do you have anything else? Uh, that's, that's about it, man. John, uh, uh, do, do you interact a lot on uh, social media? Are you, are you into that game? Do you want to, uh, you want to tell our listeners where to find you and interact? Yeah. My, uh, my handles are all J Toth, J T O E T H. All right. Just to get the, <laughs> yeah. the pronunciation Toth. <laughs> But yeah, J-T-O-E-T-H are all my social media handles. Gotcha, John. Hey, man, we really appreciate you coming on spending time with us. Uh, awesome guy. Yeah. Uh, definitely, guys, if, if you're listening, follow him on Twitter or you know all, all formats, I guess. And uh, John, you have a good day and uh, much success to you in the future. Well, I appreciate the time, Dan and Christian. Have a, have a good day. You too. Thanks, Thanks man. Thanks. Yep. To play till the sun go down. Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down. Then we take that town. Then we take that town.